Hey there, I'm Lindsay Sullivan, and this is Very Nearly Almost. I feel a lot of things saying that out loud. I've been sitting on those three adverbs since high school when I started writing down some stuff that felt important to me. But more on that later. Very Nearly Almost is the title of a book I have been starting and stopping for an entire decade. I have endless Google Docs on my computer of starts and stops on different scenes and stories and rants and raves throughout my childhood, teens, and 20s. In them for me is a common thread, my alopecia areata. So first things first, what is alopecia? Well, it's basically an intimidating word for a condition that causes hair loss to the extent of baldness. That's it. No fiery explosion. No epic Grey's Anatomy hospital scene to the mantra of some alternative boy band. My hair randomly falls out on occasion. Total loss of hair on the scalp is known as alopecia totalis. Think of like Harry Potter. Alopecia totalis. Complete body hair loss is known as alopecia universalis. Alopecia areata, more patchy sort of hair loss, like the one I have, affects over 6.8 million people in the United States and 147 million people worldwide. But alopecia is completely unpredictable. Hair can fall out or grow in at any time. And in a world where hair defines how society views us and inevitably how we see ourselves, it can be extremely difficult to face. I was diagnosed with alopecia at age two. My mom was giving me a bath and noticed patches on my head. I cried a lot as a kid. I was stick thin and always had a hat on my otherwise completely bald head. Leaving the comforting confines of our home meant I'd be subject to pitying looks and occasionally rude questions from peers or worse, their parents. There were two boys I sat between in fourth grade each day, they would drop their pencils, and every time, I would lean over to pick them up and feel the weight of my hat being pulled off. That same year, an 8th grade girl managed to talk me into taking my hat off after school. We were both waiting to be picked up on the playground. She asked me my second least favorite question, Why do you always wear a hat? I recited my reply, I have alopecia. She then asked my least favorite question, Can I see? She made a gagging sound when she saw the patch of my smooth-skinned skull and ran over to a teacher in tears. I swam with my hats and bandanas on at pool parties, clutching my head every time I went underwater or jumped in. There was the endless slew of questions. Bad haircut? Is she almost done with chemo? Does she sleep with her hats on? At slumber parties, I did. I never wanted the pretty little girls to wake up to a nightmare. Windy recesses were my nemesis. 
Best case scenario, I'd get heart palpitations if a particularly strong gust of wind lifted my hat up slightly before I instinctively clamped down on it. Once in a while, it would blow clean off, skinning across the blacktop as I ran after it in full panic. My tears would blur my path, but I was always determined to get it. It had to be me. If a teacher snatched it, I would get the well-meaning, sympathetic look that always resulted in more sobs from me. If one of the girls got it, they might just be nice and hand it to me, but that was a rarity. My hats were always with me, as connected as an arm or a leg. Holding one of my hats was an intimate thing, and so the girl would most likely feel the need to strike up some sort of conversation, usually. Is it contagious? If a little boy got it, a grown-up would be the one to get it back, not me. Though my mom remembers an instance at a beach in kindergarten when a little boy ripped my hat away and started running with it. Apparently, one of the other boys in my class darted after him. When my mom revealed which boy it was, I remembered him as one of the rude popular kids I grew up with, but apparently this kid demanded the boy give my hat back to him so that he could give it back to me. Years later, I would throw this kid a bone and swipe right for him on Tinder. Whether we matched or not is irrelevant. I did the wig thing for an afternoon. My mom took me shopping for one when I was five, and I remember gazing at a long blonde one with bangs. I wanted to look like Britney Spears, my first ever female idol. After Princess Jasmine, of course. But my sensible mother thought I should at least try to match the brown eyebrow hair I had at the time. Shout out to mom. We selected an itchy brown bob, which stayed on my head for the duration of the car ride home. My mom respected my changed mind. True a sign of love. We put the wig in a shoebox in my closet just in case I ever wanted to give it another whirl. I didn't, but I did find it once when I was deep cleaning my room in high school and screamed bloody murder when I found a full head of hair in a box. Don't get me wrong, I had a great childhood. Cape Cod trips, a tight-knit family, a lot of ice cream. I remember crying a lot as a kid though, clinging to my parents before school, not letting my mom leave me at birthday parties. I was painfully shy. I hated reading aloud in church and even being sung happy birthday too. I hated being looked at. A lot of things throughout my life changed that. Over the years, alopecia has transformed from a burden I carried as a kid to the very thing that makes me feel empowered. In an effort to spread that feeling, I hope to share some of these stories with you within these episodes. For now, I have a full head of hair if you are facing me head on. From behind, I rock a bald patch that I can cover with a hand laid flat. Depending on where you're standing, I am very nearly almost bald, or I very nearly almost have a full head of hair. It all depends on how you look at it. It can suck wondering, will I have hair for the school dance? Will I have to wear a wig in my wedding pictures? Will my kids have to go through the bullying that I did? Or will anyone ever even want to have kids with me in the first place? This podcast is hopefully a way to remedy that. For me, writing in my newfound free time has left me feeling drained and down for the past few months. Though remote, The conversations I have been having, be it with those who have alopecia and those who do not, 
Those leave me feeling not only far more fulfilled, but even more aware of how very nearly almost is truly this terrible and beautiful conundrum for literally everyone. But there is also triumph in the very nearly almost. It's how we grow. It's how we hustle. It's how we try people and experiences on. Nothing can be whole without the very nearly almost. I certainly wouldn't be Lindsay without my alopecia areata or my collection of countless unfinished Google Docs. Instead of yet another podcast that lists off the achievements of its subjects, I am far more interested in getting to the heart of the hard times. Sometimes that will be through the lens of alopecia, sometimes it won't. Either way, I am so excited to go on this journey with you listeners. There will be essays read, musings pondered, interviews with some truly amazing minds who have also encountered the beauty and the frustration of very nearly almost. But more on that later. Thank you so much for listening. Very Nearly Almost was conceived, created, hosted, written, produced, and edited by me, Lindsay Sullivan. Follow at Very Nearly Almost or at Lynn Sully 1021, that's a double S in there, for updates on the pod and much more. Kelsey Logan created the gorgeous music with Chef's Kiss Music Production by Colin Coogan. The incredible logo art was created by graphics wizard Ryan Casey and inspired by photographer extraordinaire Caitlin McNaney. You can check the art out right next to the subscribe button. As the kids say, I'd hit that. See you next time.